Sportsnet 590 The Fan. A jam-packed baby Friday for you folks. A doubleheader coming up, a bunch of guests, Justin and Ailish and the Fam Morning Show. It's a beautiful day. Welcome. Yeah, welcome in to Fan Morning Show. We got, it's, it's like you mentioned, it's a jam-packed guest list, jam-packed day on the station, two baseball games, Woo. fun stuff. It's not often, though, in one block you can get two NHL players, which we, we, we have do later. Have that. Well, Both of them we are technically have leagues. three NHL players in one single hour. That is that is true. Did <laughs> you forget about that the other true. one? No, I just Once like they're tired. both like back to back and like wow, we're going from one NHL to another. Gonna, it's pretty cool. We got a great day for you folks. Should we just tell them? Alex Kerfoot, ever heard of him? Connor Brown, ever heard of him? Colby Armstrong, my bestie. The guy I forgot. Yeah, my bestie. That's all in the seven o'clock hour. Maybe that's like a Freudian thing. It's like, oh, you're hanging out with Colby. Oh, yeah, you're mad. You're doing better things with Colby in Nashville. Jeff Blair and Claude Julian. I don't know if you have to. Ah. <laughs> the red shot you know my French we'll makes me so nervous. We'll get LN, intern LN. Yeah, intern LN, to, LN uh, from the northern part of Canada where they speak French so nicely. He's from Timmins and he's speaking French. I'm well, still like there's a, a little, lot of French people up there. Is there? In Timmins? Yeah. I had no idea. Oh, my God. Travel outside of Vaughn, and you can learn about the country. <laughs> well, is Tyler Bertuzzi speaking French because he's from Sudbury? I can't believe we never brought up that Tyler Bertuzzi's from Sudbury. A good old Sudbury boy. Well, he's got a that lot of grit. That is a misfire from us. Well, I just, it, there's too many things to talk about. Anywho, uh, yeah, doubleheader today, rain delay. We haven't had many rain delays. Um, we've been lucky, but we got one last night. As the clock was ticking later and later, I was like, you don't start this game now. Don't you dare. Chicago White Sox. Uh, it was just absolutely pouring, though. So it didn't mm-hmm. feel like there was the cusp of rain. I mean, uh, rain delay being uh, canceled. But Blue Jays start a doubleheader today uh, live at 5 p.m. our time. Then following right away. So they better they better go quick, quick. <laughs> I'm. Uh, are you at all worried about Alec Manoa? Yes, this is now of, the trickle effect. It's like, it's okay. it's a tough day playing two games of baseball. It's like, I would I would say, is it like 36 holes? Yeah. You play 36. You're going to be pretty tired the next day, especially if you travel that night. It's not mm-hmm. far going from Chicago to Detroit, but I feel like it's going to be a taxing day for the Toronto Blue Perfect. Jays. Perfect. Taxing day potentially for the bullpen. Uh-oh. And then you got Alec Manoa, who might have to go deep into a ball game <sighs> that on is, Friday. That night. is unfortunate timing, isn't it? It's probably, it probably doesn't matter. I think much, it matters. But. You're going to play, let's say, the game averages two and a half hours. You're going to play two games sure. like that, five five hours of baseball. Yeah. You hop on a plane, what, it's probably... 10, 11 at-bats. Yes. Then you're... You know, traveling adds an hour minimum to, like, your day. You get to the plane, get to the airport, and you get home to the hotel, Check unpack. Check the hotel late, yeah. It's at least two hours of actual added time. And yeah. then you got to wake up and put your faith in Alec Manoa. So, you know what I was wondering is one day they should just... What if they bend the rules? If it's a rain delay, you just play seven innings both games. I think there was talk about that. Did they not do that? Did I dream that? Or is that like a real thing that happened once? I'm not really sure. Is that like World Series, like a baseball, like the kids classic? It might be World Baseball classic. Yeah. Is that for kiddos? I but don't know. Do I don't know. If, if you're going to play, and do, I, guess I don't play. know. I, I don't think you can shorten it. Just, and it's also just two more innings. No, it'd be four more innings. Per, yeah, yeah. 
or more total. Well, now that there's no pitch clock, we don't have to worry yeah, too much. But if, there, the if there were regular length games, we'd be, we'd be screwed. Could you do the, the full, like, there's two Blue Jay games, doubleheader doesn't happen, obviously, here in Toronto with our beautiful stadium. Uh, but could you do back-to-back Blue Jay games? Like calling it? In, no, just it, just as a fan. Well, we're going to have to. No, I mean in in person. Oh, no. It would be fun if you're on the road, though. Yeah, yeah, that's Like if true. you're in Chicago, you made it a trip, that's and it's fun. just like a full day extravaganza. You just like ripping around? Yeah. I don't know. That's a lot of baseball. It's a lot of setting. That's a lot of beers. It's a lot of beers. A lot of deep dish pizza. I'm they sure there'll be some fans. I'm yeah. I'm sure there'll be some fans doing the doubleheader today. Uh, we'll have it all on the station. Everyone's putting the grind in today, except for us. <laughs> we just leave. We always do. We set the standard every morning, Alish. Speaking of the grind, we have a programming announcement for our loyal listeners. We'll do it now. We'll do it later in the show because you know people tune in when they tune in. But next week, we will not be on the morning show. Justin and I. Wow. We will be. Prime time TV, 5 to 7 p.m., putting us in the bright lights, mm-hmm. hosting, what prime would, time force. Was, <laughs> hosting what will be fan drive time on the way home. As it is all-star break, Blair and Barker are off. People are taking some time off. I think Jay's Talk Plus is off. I think Ben Ennis is off. So they're like, you know what? You guys need to fill in and do the 5 to 7 p.m. slot. Have a regular life for just five days mm-hmm. like go to bed and you know maybe sleep in yeah i think the it's boss really i think the boss has got a note from alex mckechnie and they were like load management we mm. might need that for your for it's your really morning nice show of them. so yeah it, it was it was very nice that you get a couple weeks to sort of reset recharge mm-hmm. the battery not that we're off like ben yeah, we're and still Blake grinding and they're, they're we have one hour less of work though and we have one hour less of work I will say that in that the is, afternoon that's really a sleeping treat. in so fan morning show goes to fan drive time for two weeks so next week, though, 5 to 7 p.m. from Monday to Thursday. Friday, we'll go back to 3 to 5 because Blair and Parker will be back because the Blue Jays play next Friday. Right. All-star break means different schedule. We'll still have wonderful guests filling in for us. We'll have a lot of our, our Sportsnet crew filling in for the morning show. The morning show will still be on. Mm-hmm. Different voices. If you're looking for us, turn your TV on at 5 p.m. It'll be it'll be uh, it'll be radio. a little bit different too because we are used to reacting to the night before. In the afternoon, we'll be reacting to the day, right? And be teeing up the happens night. during the day and teeing up the night. So it'll be uh, we'll have to. We're gonna have to figure it we'll out. We'll have to shore things up just a little yeah. bit. There could be some irons that we need to irons. We need some wrinkles to iron out. So the fan morning show will still be live. They'll still have the Beginning podcast feed. Feed. <laughs> They'll still have the podcast feed. Still be live. You can find us five to seven p.m. On Sportsnet, 360, and also on the air, airwaves. And then we'll t- probably be on the Fan Drive podcast. So if you're looking for our voices and you miss us, that's where you can find us. Do you have any, like, anxieties over the slot, the change, TV? Don't look at, it'll be fun. It'll be I exciting. feel like I need a whole new wardrobe. Oh, my God, relax. I actually do think that we can't wear, like, I mean, yeah, we can wear whatever we want. but We got to be a little better. We might need to, like. I'm getting a haircut. That's <laughs> Get that's out of a hoodie one. for five days. Step one is the haircut. I like uh, when I did, I think I did a week, I think it was just a week with you in place of JD with Blake Yeah. last fall or two falls ago, yeah, I, I guess it would have been. Would have been two falls Tall ago. Blair. Um, And it was pan- like, that was pandemic season, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think I had bought an article of clothing. <laughs> 
the entire pandemic. And I'm like, I need. Did you have tags I on just everything? Like, I like panicked and bought three <laughs> pairs of jeans that were like. Who way, cares about your jeans? Way, Nobody can way, see your legs. I know. It's like no one can see my legs, but I, I, that's all I bought. It was three pairs of jeans. Still wearing the jeans, though, so all right, good investment. There you go. Um, okay, so that's next week. Uh, we'll remind everybody tomorrow and uh, maybe tweet it out so people can find us. Um, tweet it or thread it. Okay, threads, 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 threads. If you haven't seen Twitter's falling apart, well, we knew that for a while. And um, So do you, do, what changed last night? Did something go down that people, was like... Well, yeah, threads I know like, was, was, went live. Threads is a okay, new app so it now. Was, it was more another... Another company coming in than Elon doing yes. something else to damage his product? Uh, well, he's always damaging his product, I yes. think. But a new social media app has been released called Threads. It is part of Instagram, so Meta, whatever it is, Zuckerberg and his co. And it's basically Twitter. <laughs> it looks very similar to Twitter, but it's run through Instagram now. Mm-hmm. And you can like have all your follows sync to who you already like following on instagram so right away like yeah it kind of went quick and i regretted pressing that button because then i was following all these people from like high school so you are on threads so i did it last night because i got overwhelmed everyone's like i'm going to threads i'm going to threads and they're posting their new profile like i better get on there check it out and i it's messy i don't understand it yet i feel i felt like i felt like my parents trying to like send an email last night when they like have to boot up the computer i was like i don't know what i'm doing and i should know as a Millennial. Anyway, yeah. it looked better this morning. Like, I think they got rid of the initial problem quickly was that it was all the for you, right? There wasn't a f- column of just people you're following. Which so I the followed these Twitter. people, and then it was like I was seeing message, uh, I was seeing tweets from like Kim Kardashian. I'm like, I don't care about that. I want to know what Elliot Friedman, he's on threads. The insiders are on threads. That's yeah, where gotta, you know it's real. I, I think Woj was kind of the turning point. Not that, you know, it wouldn't be Elliot, but Woj yeah. was like, oh, I'm doing this now. On and it's it, like, it's time. Woj is one of the most powerful, probably the most powerful reporting account in North American sports. So. Behind us. Pretty close. Uh, yeah, behind us. Uh, that's It actually does not play favorably in my hand as I'm not much of a Instagram guy. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have anything... It's just like you're, it's text. You're not putting photos, really. You I can. know, no, but I have. If I'm carrying over merging an account, yeah, you'll have like four followers. Yeah, it's not good. Anyway, I don't know. If you're on Threads, send a message to us at five ninety five ninety. I don't really get it yet, but I think it seems like that's where people are moving. And if mm. Twitter dies and you need to get your sports news, you need to get on Threads and you got to follow Elliot and Co. So I call luck. me skeptical, but I don't think Twitter is going to die. Well, I think I people agree. will continue to go on people Twitter to going, complain yes, about Twitter people until were the going end of time. On Twitter after they signed up for Threads and we were like, well, like oh, Threads has issues. Yeah, I'm like, that's yeah, you're Threads. You're going just... back to Twitter to get the engagement yes. that you crave yeah, yeah, on yeah, Threads. Yeah. Like and it's... there's people that have like cultivated hundreds of thousands of followers on. Yeah. Twitter, and it's not going to be instantaneous to get that on threads. I mean, I say it personally, it's not good for me that it's Instagram, but like if your business and a lot of people's mm-hmm. businesses do hinge on something like Twitter, like this is pretty disastrous. It's a lot. Like even yesterday, I saw all the big companies or the big sports teams, like immediately, also because you want to get the handle, like the handle, like Blue Jays needed to get in there oh, and get Blue Jays. Get like you got to get someone yeah. to take Justin Cuthbert. You're screwed. Well, that's why I'm screwed on but, Instagram. I can't even get my name in the well, handle. Don't have such a generic name. Man. Ailish Forfar. Not that's, many of us that's good. cooking out there. Anyway, so Threads is like the new thing. I don't know. We'll discuss. You can find us on there maybe. I'll have to get Threads by the end of the show, I think. I think you should. It takes five seconds. Um, okay. Rain delay, White Sox, today, doubleheader. Uh, 
don't know how great that tees up for Manoa. We will have Jeff Blair on at 8 o'clock. We can run through some of that with him. Um, looks like the perfect day for baseball in Chicago, so no worries there. Looks like they will play both games um, for one of the first times this season. And then Blair and Barker will be off today, of course, but they will be doing the Jays talk after both games. So if you're looking for, like, the standard Blair and Barker, you understand the schedule is weird. A lot okay? of moving parts here. Yeah. Okay, uh, we do have some... Oh, we got a, a congratulations from Giacomo in Windsor. Happy Baby Friday. Congrats on the 5 p.m. move. Thanks, buddy. We'll miss you. Heath in the Beach says, Afternoon, yum, yum, yum. Looking forward to it. I, I don't know if we'll have an afternoon, yum, yum, yum. We'll bring the drop with us. Yeah, we won't have we won't have that specific segment. I think it'll stay with the, the boys who are filling the in The boys will yum, yum, yum. But I'll give you one, Heath. It'll be an afternoon. Delight. We'll fit it in. All right, um... Raptors. Michael Grange has been sneaky producing some stuff. Sneaky, I'll sneaky. tell you that. Yeah. Grange, he's like off season time to unload all the things I knew about the Toronto Raptors. So there's a really great article, actually two back to back articles um, on sportsnet.ca from Grange. And I know he was on the Raptors show on Monday. We had Will Liu in studio talking about their special Raptors two hour show. He talked about his original article there, but then he posted one yesterday and it is just more, investigative journalism into the state of the Toronto Raptors vibe, locker room, mm-hmm. aura. And more Fred fallout, right? Because mm-hmm. n- not that it's like, you know, sour grapes and you're going to release all this information on the way out, but there are leaks when a decision is made and you're not really worried about leaks all that much anymore because you're a member of a new organization. So I'm not saying that these are like malicious or done purposefully or whatever, but maybe learning just a little bit more about the reasons why Fred maybe moved on and went to the Houston Rockets rather than sticking around in Toronto. And a lot of that has to do with uh, drama between the veterans and the youngins. So I would assume veterans is Fred and Pascal. Pretty much. Sad. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, th- we did see some we stuff on the court between yep. Thad and Scotty, so maybe that... Those are the three that I'm kind of... Obviously, they're not naming names, but... I think focusing on Fred and Pascal makes yeah. sense, though. Beefing or, like, having some frustration with the youth of the world, the kids on threads. <laughs> and enough that Masai had to confront Scotty Barnes about this. Now, Masai, I feel like, is a guy that uh, is... Well, we don't obviously hear from much, and when we do... We did hear about something, yes. uh, some stuff about this, some whispers about how Masai had to come down and address mm-hmm. the team or mm-hmm. address a certain player. We knew that he had a discussion with Scotty at some point in the season, but we were kind of guessing, like, where's the problem? Why is this toxic? Who's beefing with... What? Like, we didn't have all the answers to those questions. I don't think we still do, but I think we could kind of connect the dots a little bit easier now when talking about, you know, what could have been wrong and maybe where the fractures were and what Masai Ujiri thought he had to address and what was, you know, who was maybe in his corner in terms of, you know, figuring out and getting to the heart at the actual issues of last season, which we know sunk the season. So if you read Grange's piece, um, the clip, the the quote here is just that, quote, sources have described a team whoa, <clears throat> where the veterans... Van Vliet and Siakam especially, were deeply frustrated with the younger players on the roster. Van Vliet had let them know about it, something the younger set didn't appreciate at all. To me, we saw periods of time through last season where we we talked about it on the radio that like it looked miserable. Mm-hmm. Body language was off. They looked frustrated. There was times where, like, I don't want to pick on Scotty, but I remember specific times that went viral on Twitter where, you know, the camera would catch Scotty, like, kind of 
you know, throwing his arms up or walking down the court or seeing some frustrations. And I think it kind of became, oh, that player's doing that now. And I'm seeing that with Fred and I'm seeing some frustration on the bench. It didn't seem as connected, right? Like the entire unit didn't yeah. look connected. But even with Scotty specifically, maybe it didn't look like it looked in his first year, at least in terms of how these players interacted. Now, I- I'm worried we're making it slightly bigger than Grange wanted it to be. Yeah. But this was this was an important anecdote in a story, mm-hmm. important note in a story. And I, I think it does make sense when you reflect on the season that there could have been some issues internally. No doubt about it. And I think that it's fair to say that the culture is being questioned now, um, not just because of Grange article, but just over the last little while of things that we felt around this team, they cleaned out their entire coaching staff. One remaining person after what, 18, I believe, or yeah. 17 yeah. 17 different changes, one remaining soldier that's staying. That, yeah, what did that guy do? I don't know. He's loyal. <laughs> they like him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a that's a big, big time sweep. And I know when you get rid of a head coach, even in, in hockey and any sport, they're totally justified to bring in their own employees. But from video coaches to travel coordinators to bodyguards, like they are like everyone out. Mm-hmm. That is that's that's a bit alarming. Like, it's not char- characteristic of an offseason move for every single team in the NBA that fires a head coach to then sweep out basically every single person that was a part of that organization. Yeah, it is definitely jarring. Uh, I don't know if there's much of a precedent for it. I'm not like overly worried about it though. Like, no. if Darko comes in and you really want to build, and you're looking five and ten years maybe down the line. With this guy that you identified as the next best coach in waiting uh, at the NBA level, then I'm okay with them surrounding or him surrounding himself with the people that he trusts and knows and won't be, you know, going behind his back or doing things the way it was done before when you want to make significant changes. Mm-hmm. I am okay with cleaning house from a coaching staff and executive front, not executive front, I guess, I'd be semi-executive with some of these guys who are doing a lot of jobs. But yeah, Darko having his own staff, not really, I'm not really concerned about that. And I'm not really concerned about, okay, Siakam's guys, Rico Hines and others who maybe he was connected with or they were employed in part because of Siakam's presence and his his stock with the club. Like, I'm okay with moving on because you had reason to move on. Mm-hmm. What I think maybe is the most interesting thing out of all this is, okay, maybe there was a fracture and maybe the executive team has chosen a side within that fracture. Like if things were irreparable, and I don't want to say they were because that seems a little bit strong. You start winning games and things are probably going to be okay. It was all a product of losing and they did a lot of losing last year. But if it was Fred and Pascal versus the younger players on the roster, well, you had a chance to retain Fred. You could have given him more money. You could have spent into the luxury tax. You could have offered him more or had a counter offer after $130 million was presented to him over three years. But Grange reports that once that deal was on the table, the Raptors were like, okay, go take it because we're not doing better than what we had. And that is better than our offer. So if that's your, if that's the leader in the clubhouse, the 130 million mm-hmm. over with the Houston Rockets, then congratulations, Houston. We are moving on. We are making the conscious decision of moving on from part of that veteran group. And now we're hearing, and we've been hearing, that Pascal's name is out there. Pascal is a potential trade candidate. Pascal might be expendable in the eyes of the Toronto Raptors and their management team. And that is interesting, and it makes some sense because Mm -hmm. moving on from 2019 and turning over the roster and building 
uh, around your young guys is probably the prudent thing to do in this in this situation. But if you look at the divide and you look at where Masai stood earlier and maybe his issues with Scotty or whatever, and now look where he is now, it seems like he's it's not pushed him away from Scotty. It's thrust him more towards the young guys. And maybe those young guys, if this was a tug of war, maybe they've won the tug of war here and they're going to get ultimately what they want, which is autonomy over the team in some ways. Maybe it's ripping the bandaid a little bit. You know, your franchise, one of your franchise yeah. faces or stars and Fred Van Vliet helps make his own decision as well, right? To move on. And you're now in a pivot position. And so Grange's report here on sportsnet.ca was that, quote, there's persistent speculation that Pascal Siakam, the team's leading scorer, second most prolific playmaker, and ultimate homegrown success story could be traded before the regular season starts and perhaps much sooner as the NBA's transaction market simmers. But sources also saying to Grange that the Toronto Raptors are not the easiest team to deal with, mm-hmm. and they'll leave it at that. So he has certainly been circled in trade rumors. We're seeing this all over online on Twitter and threads. <laughs> not as much, but it's coming. Yeah. That, that, that's it'll once be they, Once trending. they get off the For You page. Yeah, there you go. Um, but I don't know. Maybe this is like the hard reset that the Raptors need, right? It's a weird game to play with Pascal, though. Like, if you're, you're not smoking him out. It's not like, oh, we're going to take away the things you like about this organization so that you want to leave You're more. not going to... There's 17 new faces, like... Yeah, uh-huh. that's not what it's no. about. But maybe it is taking back a little bit of the power in that relationship slightly. But you don't need to do that. You don't need to play games. If you want to move Pascal Siakam, just take the best price out there right now. And Will Lou, as you mentioned, was on with mm-hmm. us Monday. And he was talking about how... Other teams dictate what the Raptors are going to do because everything has a price. It's like, you know, you open a garage sale and it's, it's you know, everything's marked and there will be no uh, bartering. Like there will be no negotiation over anything. If it's $5, if it's less than $5, stay with us. If it's more than $5, take it. Hey, maybe we'll throw something in else in with it uh, because this is the price that we need to have met. And if you're not fluid, if you are rigid in all of that, then you might be stuck with Pascal Siakam, who you maybe don't think belongs within this core anymore, working with Scotty Barnes again for another year, who seems to be gravitating more towards a Gary Trent Jr., whose dad on our show seemed pretty happy mm-hmm. about the direction that this team was going. So all these things, yeah, you can speculate and connect dots and so on and so forth. But if there was a divide, and the divide is real, and the divide represents two timelines, and you are leaning towards one timeline, just go towards that timeline. Just forget about, hey, you know, uh, 97 cents on the dollar for Pascal is not going to work for us. Maybe it should work for you at that point. Maybe you should be a little bit easier to deal with at that point because if you are so rigid on one thing, you cannot actually accomplish what you want to accomplish. Like you are so stuck in your ways on pricing or on what needs to come back in return that you can't actually move forward as an organization. Mm -hmm. And if we see old and young beefing again next year, just without Fred Van Vliet around, we're going to A, understand more why Fred left, and B, we're going to be wondering why nothing changed in the offseason. This is the point of contention we've had with this team and this organization for two, three seasons, it feels like. Which direction are you going? It got so heated at the trade deadline that buying was felt like the wrong option and now we look in the in retrospect and you know you lost your star for nothing your asset mismanagement and now we're at a point where i don't know i feel like a lot of fans are really souring on this direction or lack of direction and so if pascal siakam is an opportunity like is in trade talks and as you said maybe 97 cents on the dollar 
everything we've heard since the trade deadline in in the offseason is that the Raptors management are really steadfast on their prices, hard to deal with. And I totally appreciate understanding what you think your guys are worth. But you're right. Like in a transaction, it's not always a win-win. Like it's not always a hundred percent that both guys or both teams or both organizations are coming out with a win. Like sometimes there's a tiny bending of the knee. Like I'm not saying you're going to take a terrible offer for Pascal, but it seems like you're going in a different direction with your culture and with your leadership and with your management and with your coaching staff. So it just feels like we're, we're trending a little bit more into, is that a real potential this off season? There's a decent amount of reporting over what the price or the return could have been for Fred. Mm-hmm. Like people have talked about it close to the organization. Like the it might line? be, it might be like purposefully leaked. Like this was all we had. Like if you're Masai, mm-hmm. you want people to know that all you could get from the Clippers for, for Fred was Luke Kennard. And why would you make that deal? That it helps us as fans be like, Oh, you did the right thing. Yeah. We apologize for the deal. Uh, but I, I do think with Grange's article specifically, I get the feeling that they were totally okay with Fred leaving. And I, and I for that price. And I don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's because no, I, I think they prefer if we could kept him around for 20, $20 million a year, they would have done it, yeah, but they couldn't. But I do feel like they recognize that they have to build around Scotty and they shouldn't just, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be merging timelines or building around uh, Fred and Pascal. It is building around the next iteration of this team now, so many more steps need to be taken in that direction, but at least they might have their eyes on the prize. I'm taking a little solace in that. Okay, so uh, weird vibes possibly in the Raptors locker room, weird vibes as we talked about possibly in the Leafs locker room, maybe something in Scotiabank Arena. is needs They need to sage the building. How about that? Maybe it's the media. Okay, um, speaking of contracts and I guess a potential what's next is now Leafs and Samsonov. We'll shift to that. They, uh, as expected, Samsonov filed for arbitration. He was only one of 22 players um, that was announced yesterday that opted for this. Last week, the Leafs qualified Samsonov at $1.8 million, which was his same salary. Of course, you're going to do that. And then um, it seems like Samsonov seeking a new deal in the range of 4 to $5 million with a potential term of four years. He's 26 years old. Um, obviously we knew that I, I think it's seems clear that it's going to be a Samson off wall tandem, which mm-hmm. I'd be very comfortable with. I think that that's probably the, the way you should be approaching this. There are some goaltenders still floating as either free agents or, or opportunities for trade. But I, I thought Samson off really proved himself last year. He was a, he was a gamble with Matt Murray, the tandem of those two guys coming in and one was a winner and one was not. Yeah, I mean, clearly it was a good season for Ilya Samsonov. Uh, there are a couple things, though, that I think are getting not enough attention. Um, it's One would be how comfortable the fan base was when it was all of a sudden Joseph Wall. Oh, a pe- like I will this, say everyone's just like, oh, Samsonov's hurt? Okay, that's fine. Well, it's I Joseph think there's Wall. two reasons for that. He's what are those reasons? cheap and young and he's homegrown. No, but when the, in the playoffs. In okay, the playoffs, yeah, when it happened. Well, I think because... It felt it felt like you could rally around him, and the expectations were kind of low, were they not? I suppose. Like you didn't, you were, you were happy. You were down. It felt like it I felt think like you were down money to nothing. or found money. It felt like found money with Joseph Ball. Let's just say, you know, if the Tampa Bay Lightning were down two nothing in the series, and Vasilevsky went out okay. with an injury, I don't think everyone would be like, "Oh, it's found money here." We got Brian Elliott coming. It's in. different. Brian Elliott's old and. 
he washed. Is, he is, but Joseph but, Wall, young but you're, and you're, like you're focusing on the next guy rather than the loss of the goalie that you want to pay. Okay, some money and to. I am definitely shifting towards that. Joseph Wall's young, get a playoff experience. He seems like he could be the face of the Maple Leafs goaltending moving forward. Yeah. He had a great season with the Marlies. He was an All Star. Like that was exciting. So why to see. pay Samson up then? Well, you need someone else. You do. And I thought Samson, he was one of the stars of that season. Like, there was a stretch there where he was undefeated at home. And I don't know about the away splits, but he was pretty damn consistent. So in addition to, and that's true, in addition, though, to, okay, so we're fine with Wall coming in. We all, it also, like, wasn't addressed, really. Like, it was a neck injury, apparently. And he might have oh, yeah. been back Samson sooner off. than later. Yeah. But it was kind of Freddie Anderson-like in that. And I'm not saying there's, I'm not even saying anything about Freddie Anderson. Not a commentary on him at all. But it was just like, okay, he left a game. Now it's Joseph Wall until mm-hmm. maybe indefinitely. It was. It's kind of a strange scenario that didn't get as much coverage as you That's as you true. probably would expect. You know why? But like, what what would have happened next with Samsonov? How hurt was he? Were they itching to move to Joseph Wall in mm-hmm. that moment? I'm not really sure, but I, I do think it was one of the more underreported storylines of the entire Leaf playoff run and off season so far. Is how they actually feel about Samsonov and how quick the fan base wanted to move on to Joseph Wall. I'll tell you my initial thought on that is because we were sick and tired of wondering what the hell was going on with Matt Murray. We, it, we well, had we, no, beat, I think we were sick and tired of being like, is Samsonov hurt? Because well, he's wincing all the that's time. It. And like, we were getting a little, little but frustrated But we talked by that. so much about Matt Murray, Matt Murray, Matt Murray. And it was like, are we going to have the same conversation with Ilya Samsonov? There were yeah. certainly moments where we were frustrated and trying to like glean his why did he like in warm up he did that like i remember all that too but i think we were just exhausted it was a with it with the matt murray conversation that i didn't even want to tiptoe into samsonov turning into a pumpkin too okay, is he fair. is it too are the lights too bright but i think joseph wall had the exciting young future feel good story to him and I think you're right about the found money or the, hey, we can't really lose here because we're already losing. Like, I think you kind of were okay with, hey, something different has to happen because this is not working. But, yeah, it was a it was a bit wonky how it all went down in the last we saw of Ilya Samsonov. And I don't know how much that's going to affect his contract negotiations. Mm. He clearly has a leg to stand on. Arbitration isn't always that favorable to the player. So I do expect something in the middle, and I don't expect them to have to break the bank. In fact, I expect with, you know, Joseph Wall scheduled to earn a little under $800,000 that you could have a goaltending tandem or you should have a goaltending tandem that will cost less than Matt Murray's $4.678 million that he's owed this year right now. So the task still is get off the $4.6 million (laughs) that you owe uh, Matt Murray because if you do, then your goaltending could cost one Matt Murray or less than $5 million, which is a good thing if you're going to feel comfortable at Joseph Wall and Ilya Samsonov in whatever order they may come in as the Leafs netminers next year. So arbitration takes place from the 20th of July through August 4th. So we'll find out more about that. But yes, only 22 players opted for that. Totally your own right to do so. And one important note with doing that, I, I it's a weird paperwork CBA thing, but it opens out the second buyout for them, given that they filed for arbitration. Yeah, can you explain that? I don't even understand oh, exactly how that works, <laughs> but I think it is it is some sort of little loophole. The second buyout window will be open to the Maple Leafs, who can choose to buy out Matt Murray now if they if they need to, if they can't find a trade partner, which would cost them 
a little less than 700,000 or 100,000 less than one Joe Wall this year on the salary cap, but $2 million next year. So the buyout with Mm -hmm. Murray doesn't cost them as much this year as it does in two years time. And in two years time, as we know, Austin Matthews gets paid more. William Nylander gets paid more. Uh, John Tavares in the final season of his $11 million contract, it all would feed into, hey, you might be waving the white flag on this season. They might not have enough money to ice a roster, let alone actually have William Nylander, John Tavares, and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner on the same team. Like, it could be really tough for the Maple Leafs in 2024-25 if, and it gets compounded, if they have to buy out Matt Murray. However, it does leave some flexibility for this season because surely you'd take the $700,000 hit over maybe risking losing yeah. Joseph Wall through waivers and having well, to actually... you can't do that. You can't. But you cannot if you do can't that. get rid of Matt Murray, something has to give. But there's so just no doubt comes in your to mind. Worse, you they're buying that. out Matt Murray, and it's going to cost them in two years' time pretty severely. $2 million is still a big deal, mm-hmm. uh, but they can manage it this year, and it puts even more importance, as we know, on this upcoming season. Well, thinking to, what, next year? I feel like we just discussed this. They signed three people... On one-year deals, it almost—it feels like I don't think it's a put all your chips in the middle, but it's certainly a raise. Like it is like you're well, not going all in, but you are—you're raising the stakes. You have one season right now where things are going to work out. I think financially, like they have to obviously be, make yeah, some moves. Yeah, they'll be fine. They're going to have a good team, and they're going to be able to add. They're going to have some flexibility. Do you they'll be feel all right. like it's a like <laughs> put it all on the table type of move right now? If you buy out. Matt Murray, and you think about, okay, next year he's got $2 million. You've got Domi, you've got Bertuzzi, and you've got Klingberg all on one-year deals. You have the big question about Nylander. You've got Austin Matthews coming up. You have then Mitch Marner coming up, and you have all this money that's going to be questionable or on the books. Like, is there another move if they if they grab a big-time defenseman? Uh, I think that you feels have, like one year. I think this is shaping all up to be you have to be hyper-aggressive in the immediate term. You have to be hyper-aggressive with this season, which means maybe spending some prospects or making difficult cap decisions for later on. I mean, the William Nylander trade, if it happens, changes everything mm-hmm. a little bit because it does alleviate some of the cap thing. It maybe fills two holes that you have existing. You are losing a lot of goals, of course, if you trade William Nylander. I think that would maybe give you more clarity. But as long as William Nylander's on this roster... This season, the prospects of winning so much greater than the following season, which means you should go all in and then maybe slight retool in 2024-25, which is something we've been talking about all year long as the possibility that they're going to be a pretty mediocre team in the last year of John Tavares' deal. We obviously feel feel like there's another move, and we've heard this from even Trey Living himself, that they're not done shaping up the defense. But is it good enough just to get a second pairing D or are you swinging for the fences here? Like, Does this feel like the Maple Leafs window, not as closing, but this is when it's most wide open with the opportunity to pounce? I think you need something to start and then you probably need something midseason as well. Yeah. Like right now, ideally their third pairing is McCabe, Klingberg, and it's their second pairing right mm-hmm. now. Like they, 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 could, they could easily bring in two defensemen and... A majorly upgrade, their blue line. Majorly upgrade. I, I, I mean, we can't trust Giordano. No. You can't trust Lilligren yet. Connor Timmons, I mean, Duba signed him and there wasn't even an, uh, like, wasn't even a possibility that he saw playoff time. <laughs> Not even a possibility he's making over a million dollars for this team. Uh, they stand to improve in a major, major way. I think multiple bodies make sense. It's going to be hard to do both 
bringing two bodies before the start of the season, I think almost impossible mm. unless you trade William Nylander. Well, there's always somebody at the trade deadline from a team that is And there's falling. always an injury. There's always something, right? Yeah. Not that you want to be going into the season thinking, well, something beautiful is going to fall in our lap in the middle of the season. But more often than not, at every trade deadline, there's a shocking player up for grabs because a team has fallen out of contention. There's been an injury. Mm-hmm. And you want to cash in on that, but you don't want to be waiting for the big tuna at the trade deadline. You pretty much have to go 90% of the way now. Oof. You have to go 90% to start the season, and then you're looking for a couple bodies if you're a true Stanley Cup contender. Lots to come. Hey, you know what? They're giving us a lot of off-season speculation. That helps mm-hmm. with us on the radio. Uh, Colby will join us at 7. Uh, he's fired up about the Penguins. He's obviously a Pittsburgh guy. And uh, when I was doing the draft with him, I was down in Nashville. Was he he's a big Dubas guy? He, I don't know if he's a big Dubas guy. I think he's a big Penguins guy, he of is. course. Yeah. Um, he was really excited about their draft picks. Obviously, Dubas kind of, he made some noise during the trade deadline. We didn't talk about it much because we were like, we're going to stop talking about we're Kyle Dubas. Uh, but Dubas. I, I still worry about the gold setting with Dubas, though. Doubling True. down on Tristan Jarry is like, okay. He wanted, I was wondering if he'd take Matt Murray off our Matt hands. Matt Murray, yeah. Colby at 7. We'll talk to Alex Kerfoot, who's, of course, uh, moved on to Arizona uh, at 7.30. And then Connor Brown, Edmonton Oilers' Connor Brown, which is exciting. It's a really nice story about Connor McDavid, who basically, and this is from 32 Thoughts, but Elliot said, like, quote, if Connor Brown said no, I think Connor McDavid might have driven to his house, thrown him in the trunk of his car, and driven him to Edmonton. I don't think Connor McDavid was taking no for an answer. I know they go way back. I know yeah. they've had a history of playing together. But when you're wanted that badly on a team, it must be a cool feeling. He ha- he was sidelined for most of the season with an injury. I think he played four games. Like He's obviously got a little bit uh, ahead of him in terms of getting back up to his speed. But, I mean, he was a pretty beloved player here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. He's going to be reunited with Zach Hyman, who's a bestie of his. Like it's going to be, it's going to be nice for Connor Brown. Yeah, it's, I like a, the guy. it's definitely a nice spot for him. Good to be wanted too. Like uh, mm-hmm. we'll ask him about that. Being like de- Connor McDavid demanding that you come join him is uh, probably pretty flattering. Yeah, I would. I'd be happy about that. Um, okay, so we'll talk more hockey later in the show, and we're going to talk to the guy that coached <laughs> early Max Domi. Claude Julian. We're going to ask uh, about the early Max Domi. He's obviously, I think, done some growing since then and maturing. But Max Domi was spicy on the Montreal Canadiens when Claude Julian was his head coach. I think they had a little Led the team in scoring too. one year, too, as well. So lots to unpack there with Claude. Okay. So in honor of the rain delay yesterday with the Toronto Blue Jays that kept us waiting on our toes for almost two hours, we thought we would open up the text line for some of this as well. But Justin and I will kind of do a, a speed draft of the worst things to get delayed. Besides the worst, the worst a baseball delays. game. The, the worst, worst delays, delays. The worst thing to get delayed. The worst delays. You want to lead off? Um, the worst delays, and as we said, inspired by yesterday's rain delay. Your flight. Yeah, it is. It's just got it. There's nothing. There's nothing it's, worse. It's, that's the first overall draft pick. You're sitting there waiting at the airport, and you first of all, you never know like what they're saying on the speakers. Like, WestJet and the flight is delayed. WestJet is far, far. Come to the. You're like, what? Did you say my name? It's the worst. That was pretty good. That was really good. I've never touched this microphone, and and I just did it. And that anyway. That's exactly what they do. Yeah, it sounds like that. Air flight is the worst delay there is. 
And it's because there's a lot of anticipation too. Like if you're going on You have a connecting vacation, flight. Oh. Or yeah, you have to be somewhere at a specific time. You need to get home for a specific reason. Getting delayed in that you have to stay somewhere where you'd rather be somewhere else. That's the worst. I will say I've never had a flight get delayed where they've been offering money to people. That's different. Now they're like, hey, 1500 bucks if you take the next flight. I'm like, sure, no problem. But I've never been in that situation. I would be quick to pounce and change all my plans. Yeah, I don't care. Anyone I've ever flied with, I'm like, I'll take that. Yeah, no problem. And okay. they're like, no. So flight, best, best one for sure. That's the worst delay. Uh, my worst delay, delayed onset muscle soreness. What? Doms. <laughs> it's delayed muscle or onset muscle soreness. It's when you work out for the first time in a long time. It's a good one. And 24 hours later, you can't walk. That is one of the worst delays going. I felt that this week after <laughs> yeah. taking a week off of working out and drinking yeah. and eating fried chicken in Nashville. Sitting at the airport because I was delayed. My body had oh, You some... had all the... You had the worst. Yeah, the that worst. was a two for one. Yeah, the worst. And then I had doms. Um, delayed behind slow golfers. That's a good Just one. That's garbage. It is tough. You know, you are in a grind. You're hitting the ball straight. You're, you're, you're cooking out there, cooking in terms of the temperature as well. It's always hot. It's always the worst situation. And the group in front of you is just slow. And I understand, like, I have I have not, like, I have been in the boat where I've been learning mm-hmm. and I've been trying, but sometimes there's just, like, attention to detail and awareness of the situation when you look back and you see, like, seven people at the tee waiting for you. Just speed it up a bit, like pick up and play like, or let people play through, but a delay on the golf course is a real tough one. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's a bummer when there's a delay on the golf course. You don't want to be uh, in front of Brooks Kapka because uh, he will stare. No one hates a delay on a golf course. A whole three years. Quite like Brooks soul. Kapka. Uh, my second worst delay, delay of game penalty in overtime, Stanley <sighs> Cup playoffs. It's a bad delay. It's not good. Oh. It, and it kind of questions the integrity of the sport a little bit because you can do anything else. You can do anything subjective. In the subjective realm, you can get away with anything. But if you do one of the few things that is objective, which is flipping a puck over the glass, it is a penalty, and it is like taking away from the actual competition. And for that reason, it's, it's one of the worst delays. The worst feeling to be sitting in the box, too. Yeah, I would say I don't get many penalties. I was up for the Lady Bing, for sure. And the few that I remember were delay of game penalties. I did flip the puck over the glass one time, and I was benched for the entire game. You don't want to be oh, really. This was when I played for the Markham Thunder. Wow, Mitch Marner didn't get that. Punishment. I don't. I don't understand. We were like, it was totally fine. We were winning, and like, it's a little harsh. They didn't score. A little. Harsh. And I accidentally, I was on my off wing. When they, you came out of the box, they put me on my off you... wing, and I went to flip the puck off the glass. And it was small glass. It was at this arena in tough. Canmore, Alberta, that didn't have that had. Not regulation glass, I'll tell you that. What'd you do when you got out of the box, though? Did uh, like, you mail it in a little bit? Do you come no, right to the bench? No, my God, no. Like, they were like, yo, 4-4, four, 4-4. Four, four, four. And I'm like, <laughs> straight to the bench. Like, okay. And then I never touched the ice again. And wow. nobody spoke to me. It was the weirdest thing ever. So that's, I mean, that, so one, I that one hit home. So I have a soft spot yeah, for that, that one, one as you could tell. Um, worst delays um, in honor of yesterday's rain delay. I would say anything related to the TTC. <laughs> Waiting for a streetcar that you look and it says do. You look on your app, it says should be here. Nowhere to be. I live on King Street. There's never a streetcar when it's supposed to be there. It They all, all often do the thing where they drive by you and say out of service. Mm. Like, what are we doing here? Why are you around? Why are you tempting Sh- short me? Turn. Short turn. Short turn gets me every time. You know how many times I've taken the streetcar from like King to Bathurst and I've gotten on three different times? 
gets off at Spadina, gets off at Bathurst. Then you like you're just ripping around. Um, anything to do with the TTC subway delays are probably worse though when you're underground, no service. It's hot. Everyone's piling on the platform. You're getting pushed around like. It's a tough one. Yeah, it's because you're delayed and everybody else is delayed. So then the actual grumpy. commute is miserable. It's like, yeah. And then the, tr- the train worse. finally arrives and you yeah. can't even get on yeah, the train. it's the worst after that because it's everyone's, you know, experiencing the delay. Uh, my next one, when you're at a restaurant no. and the kitchen is delayed, like if you're just starving and you're sitting there waiting, there's nothing worse than being like, is that waiter but coming But you're here? also seeing other people get their food. Yeah, and you're like, I know I'm after that guy. Or you're like, you're I like ordered watch- before them. Yeah, you're just watching people, watching the servers. But if there's a delay in the kitchen, it's not all that fun. No, it's not. Uh, we'll we'll uh, take t- two more here from the text line, and then we'll take a break. But this is fun. There's lots of messages in. Uh, people love delays. Not. Darren from Orangeville. This one's great. The delay in the, in the girl saying, I love you when you say it first. Yeah. Like you're waiting, like you. Yeah, I love you. And then I was going like, to say like an important text, like you you pour your heart out, and there's a delay. No, the dot dot dot. Yeah. When you like, see oh. a dot dot dot, and then the dot 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 disappears, and you're staring at your dot, phone, dot, dot, the dot returns. dot dot comes back. It disappears. You yeah. know that they're like, what the hell do I say back to this? You're done. You don't even need one, an Darren. answer. That's all you need is the dots reappearing and appearing. I hope you got the I love you back. Um, we've got surgery way worse than flights delayed. That is true because you know that you're waiting to feel better. You know, you need something <laughs> that's, that is, that's a good and one. you're just counting down the time and your body's like, what are we doing here? I had to have a delay for my surgery when I had hip surgery, but since I went and got it in the United States, it was quite quick. Mm. <laughs> but I remember I got an MRI and I got like, I got it all looked at here because it's Canada and I was able to get it free. And um, they were like, great, yeah, you need hip surgery. Your labrum's torn. You have cartilage damage. It's just it's a fiasco in there. The quickest we can get you in is next next June. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And then I went to the States, and they're like, how about next month? Yes. So I can't really complain too much about it, but I know that that happens a lot here in Canada. So I feel for everyone. Yeah, that would, be, that would, that would suck. You have to delay to feel better. It's worse than traffic. It's worse than the flight. They're right. Okay, so we'll take those at five ninety five ninety. Worst delays in honor of the flight de- uh, flight in order in honor of the rain delay. We'll have two Blue Jays games today, though, starting at five p.m. Uh, they will go Barrios to start and Kikuchi to wrap it up five p.m. and probably around eight. Hopefully, unless there's like extra innings and stuff. Uh, should be a beautiful day though in Chicago, so no rain delay is coming. Tech those in at five ninety five nine. We'll do the A list and then we'll talk to Colby Armstrong at seven. Sportsnet five ninety. Now, it's time for the A-List. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. baby? Worst things to get delayed, the A-List. God, that five-minute commercial break really gets you. No comment? It's, no, it was just well played. Just, I didn't want to spoil. I've got I didn't want to spoil the commentary with my own commentary. Here's something that will be delayed not much longer. Victor Wembenyama's debut at Summer League happens to be this Friday. Happens to be against Brandon Miller and happens to be sold out, which is obviously pretty incredible for a Summer League game, but with the generational talent that is Victor Wembenyama generational isn't even like the word that people are able to like people are making up words to talk about him Going beyond like generational. Webster 
needs to find a new word for him, just like I did that one time. What was that word I made up? Ooh, exuberance. No. Exuberation. Exuberation. I so, like, I mean, I, I, I could probably make one up. You've stopped making up words. Yeah. Sometimes you just, you can't force it. It comes. Yeah. Anyway, nearly 19,000 tickets sold. Um, it's at the Thomas and Mack Center. Never heard of. And <laughs> tickets. <laughs> like, well, it's not. I mean, they got T-Mobile Arena, but right. it's, yeah, they've. Uh... I've never been. How about that? Okay. Tickets were starting around the 100 range, but the most expensive for a summer league game, you can get. $650 ticket to see Victor Wembanyama make his debut. Anyway, that's Friday night. It's going to be... I, I would like to find a way to watch this, yes. I think you probably could. I believe you could. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Like, there's bright lights. It's your... I know it's summer league, but there's going to be a sold-out crowd for your first NBA-esque experience. Yeah, you want people still trying to make up words rather than being like, yeah, he he's was, good. he was satisfactory. He's decent. Yeah. Um, okay, two more here um, of the delays. You can send them in five ninety five ninety. Here's a great one. Best delay, Kawhi four bounces. That is the best delay there is. That is good. I actually have my own story. It was a delay connected to that delay. I was on like a condo internet connection at that oh, point in my life. No. Didn't have the beautiful Rogers Ignite that I have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all connected through the TV. <laughs> scared me was, i actually jumped why is that louder than <laughs> that's <me>? the <laughs> loudest thing on the station so <laughs> i'm like Rogers. so i'm watching the game and i know i'm like a minute and a half behind like really oh behind God, justin in this setup which was just brutal and i hear screaming everywhere in the condo so i know something good's happening mm. and it, like clearly i'm still stunned watching it but i just thought oh someone made a shot that's great yeah <laughs> did they ever? that's fantastic and it, again the delay was even longer because it was delayed getting into the the bottom of the well, to quote Paul Jones. We do have uh, a similar text in here about like when there's a delay and you're watching and the play-by-play crew is kind of behind. But I have a friend that lives right by the dome and sometimes I'll watch a baseball game with her and you can hear the home run horn before the broadcast gets to it. So you're like, all right, at this at-bat, like Vladdy's hitting a homer. That would happen with me with TFC in the same condo. There you go, yeah. I I will say though, that's a great one. When the audio is delayed a little bit Mm. on a TV show... That you're watching and like it's the worst. It I can't like, watch. It's like a half second and it completely throws off everything. That is that's one of the worst delays. One hundred percent. A delay for a new season of something. A, yes. t- a tough one. Like you're just yes. like what, when Succession ended, <laughs> we had to wait for the new Succession. Obviously not like this time around, which we'll wait forever. You're just like, come on, like this should be ready. I should be able to press next on Netflix or it whatever like you're a watching. Hollywood writer strike. It was just delays it was everywhere. Tough. Waiting for a new Get season is a hard one. Get the CBA done. Or waiting when something's buffering. You're like, this is like, isn't there unlimited internet in the world? Like, <laughs> why isn't this loading? Download. Gotta get on, gotta get on Rogers. Okay, you don't have to Drop wait much it. longer for our next guest, Colby Armstrong, who's going to join us. Uh, we'll chat a little bit about our fun times in Nashville before we just. Re- like retire that conversation, but he's the last one, you know, we were there together. He did Nashville. Then he came up here and did the trade July 1st craziness. And then I'm sure he did something for July 4th. So let's see how he's feeling. Colby Armstrong's next.